Welcome to this edition of the 2020 Life Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Skiff, and I am coming to you today, similar to the last episode, out on a nice walk outside as I share some of my thoughts with you. This, b- Before I get into this, uh, this is going to be a very, very powerful episode for, for many of you listening. Why? Because... I think there's a deeper, deeper-seated issue in all of this that, that I'm about to share that I've been able to tap into personally and experience a breakthrough personally that I think is going to help you and inspire you to dig deep within your own life, whatever area of life that you want to change. I think I've got a solution for you. I think I've got something really, really good that you're going to enjoy. So with that little teaser, I am coming to you. It's a Sunday morning, early part of June here, 2020, and it is a beautiful Sunday morning in the Pacific Northwest. It's nice and sunny. There's been kind of showers on and off, but I'm, I'm out walking around in the middle of a, of a sun break, which I guess that's what we call it out here in the Pacific Northwest. We don't call them rain breaks. We have sun breaks because it rains a lot. But anyway, I'm not here to talk about the weather. I'm just enjoying it as I'm out on my walk. And I'm sharing that because I'm doing these episodes under a new format. New format. And as I said as I said that, I walked, I was walking right up towards a man mowing his lawn it was about to get really loud so I spared you some of that pause the recording here I'm back but that new format is really where I'm walking and talking I'm out in nature I'm walking around my community and I am I just feel inspired to share with you in this unique way will I will I continue to record episodes in my studio office probably sure I'm sure I'll mix that in, but I uh, hope you enjoy this format as much as I enjoy recording this style, where it's really just walking and speaking from my heart. Um, No real detailed outline for this episode, uh, at least on paper, but I can tell you I've given a ton of thought towards what I wanted to share with you on this episode before I started and and hit the record button. And I wanna go back to the previous episode uh, where if you haven't listened to that, feel free to do so. The previous episode I shared, and I apologize, get past this background noise now, (laughs) but I guess that's what happens when you go walking on a Sunday morning. People are doing yard work, people are doing all sorts of fun stuff, and uh, it's all good. Anyway, if you go back to the previous episode I shared, about pain versus pleasure and the power the the real power of pain versus pleasure when it comes to making lasting change making decisions that lead to lasting change and I shared kind of very personally my own journey as it pertains to health and fitness and you know walked you through growing up all the way through my career in the army and as an entrepreneur, small business owner, and, and into the current day and where I'm at. And if you remember, the big, big takeaway, kind of the big thing I shared was I was, gosh, I was probably somewhere between 40 and 50 pounds above my ideal target, where I, my weight, where I feel the greatest, where I feel my best. And I made a commitment to you on that episode that I was gonna make a change, that I was embarking on a very significant journey for my health to recapture, reclaim my health. And I'm happy to share with you today that I followed through on precisely what I committed to. And without going kind of deep into the psychoanalytics here, what's interesting about that, folks, is that is very, uh, at least as of late, as of the last couple of years, maybe the last five years really, following through on a specific 
uh, in particular difficult health commitment has been the exception for me and not the norm. I have grand ideas. I have, you know, I set out to make these plans and my story, at least up until this past week, has been that I, that I abandon or I fall short and I do not fulfill the commitment. So, um, there's, you know, there's a deeper, obviously what happens when, when you do this over and over again, you begin to, I mean, what's, again, I'm not a psychologist, so I'll probably use the wrong words to describe this, but what you do is you almost, you almost become a, you almost get used to the fact that you're lying to yourself and you get out of, you, you compromise your own integrity with yourself. And I was, frankly, sick and tired of that, reached the point of being tired of that to the point where I'm at now where I am no longer willing to, to compromise my own integrity with myself. And I'm not talking about like these horrible things or anything like that. It's, it's truly, for the most part, as simple as uh, these health and fitness commitments that I've not followed through on. And to be more specific, it's really been nu- nutritional for the most part, right? The I'm great. I'm actually very consistent. I follow through, I mean, almost religiously on my exercise routine. So really, there's no issue there, and I, I feel really good about that part of my life. But it's on the nutrition side where where things slip and I've been out of alignment. So with that, I, the, the, the big commitment that I made on this show a couple of days ago when I, when I, on the last episode, I committed to embarking on a five day water fast, meaning five, five straight days where I consumed absolutely no food, nothing of sustenance, as it, no, nothing, nothing to eat, and the only thing I drank was water. And I have to tell you that I am absolutely, I feel absolutely amazing. I feel amazing. Now, I've eaten since I started, since recording this, I've actually eaten, okay? I broke the fast, and I'll talk through that whole journey here over this, over this episode. But the one big thing that I take away from this experience is number one I I'm a man who follows through on my commitment I keep my integrity with myself and it was a very significant milestone it was it was a breakthrough moment for me to to be able to say that as it pertains to just a, a nutrition specific commitment and it, it also what it did is it allowed me to believe that I can, I can make commitments that are not easy. I can follow through on commitments that are not easy and I will continue to make strong commitments that ultimately lead me towards my end state, towards the goal that I'm chasing until I reach, till I achieve what I really want. I think the as we unpack this, the big central theme, the takeaway I want you to think about is as you listen to this, don't, I don't want you to think too much about just the health and the nutritional aspect here of what I'm sharing, but think about it in your own life, in your family, in your career, in your business, whatever it is, wherever your area of focus in life is right now, I want you to think how you can apply these same principles towards things that maybe you've been in the same boat of just being out of alignment, just not not having true integrity with your own commitments and decisions. Maybe you've made a commitment in your in your marriage, maybe you've made a commitment in your business and you have consistently fallen short. You've you've you get off to a good start and then you're off track and, and bad habits slip back in. I hope and I pray that this inspires you in whatever area of life you're struggling with to to make 
the leap and commit commit to doing doing something hard doing something that's not easy because i want to tell you that i the reward i'm experiencing even still now far outweighs the the pain that i initially felt of making that commitment and i'm uh, to to recap what i talked about on the last episode it's really about pain and pleasure right the pain of staying the same for me or in, in quite frankly c- gradually getting worse gradually gaining more weight gradually getting further out of shape the pain of that became far greater than than the the pain of changing the pain of a five-day water fast the pain of not eating food for five days and and that's the real that's the true that's where things begin to change now i'm going to talk i'm going to talk about the steps to creating lasting change. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do a deep dive on that. I'll I'll save that for another episode, but I'm going to touch on it a little bit in this episode as well, because it was very applicable in my journey. But I want to start by, I kept a very detailed journal. I used the the, uh, day one journal app on my iPhone and my iPad. And I, I kind of, I kind of got into a rhythm with what I tracked when I tracked it and so I'm going to share with you just transparently my journey and how I did it what I did and what I observed so here we go Uh, as I shared with you on the last episode I made a commitment to go five days without any food and only drink water now as a as a uh, kind of a safety note here I feel like I have to give a disclaimer that this in no way shape or form is a recommendation for anybody listening that you should be you should do the same thing I did all right I'm not a doctor I uh, I am not um, don't even play one on TV or on this podcast I I just happen to I happen to pride myself in researching and figuring out what works for me and what doesn't and so I, I'd encourage you that if this is something that you are considering in, in terms of the exact thing that I did on this fast, I'd, I'd encourage you to do your own due diligence, do your research. I, I may or may not share some of the resources I, I referenced and I searched uh, on this in the show notes. I, I don't know. If I feel like it and I have time, I'll drop them in there. But I would just say go to Google and, and search some of the stuff I'm talking about. Um, that being said, I did, I have consulted with my physician. Um, in fact, my, my physician's phenomenal. I, I, I happen to be blessed enough and, and fortunate that I, I work with a private physician. So I've got direct access to her all the time. I don't have to worry about, you know, insurance and co-pays and all that. I just, I just go direct. And so she actually is, um, you know, kind of reviewed uh, oh, this was a while back, actually, that she reviewed this, which is telling that the, the whole idea of a water fast was uh, quote-unquote blessed off by her several months ago. And guess what? I didn't do anything. I didn't take action until now. And I guess we could dig in on what, what that means. Uh, I Save that for another episode. But long story short, there's my disclaimer. So I embarked on this journey, and while I was only drinking water, I will tell you that, and I would recommend if, you, if you're looking at doing something like this, that you have some sort of electrolyte uh, powder or electrolyte mixture or whatever it is that, that you can use to add into your water so that you can replenish electrolytes. So that's, the, that's the biggest challenge. That's what's going to make things harder on a water fast is... The electrolyte depletion is really what causes you to feel poorly. Uh, I mean, there are other things too, and, and we'll get into that, but the electrolytes are a lifesaver. So I highly recommend that if you're going to do something like this, that you have a plan to supplement those electrolytes. Now, uh, and I'll, I'll actually link to a couple that I recommend and the one specifically that I've used. Uh, there's actually two that I used in the process. Uh, one that I started with and another that was recommended to me about halfway through by uh, uh, a friend friend of mine and my coach, 
uh, Cliff Ravenscraft recommended it. So I'll, I'll actually drop the link for both of those in the, and that's the one I'm using now, by the way. I like it a little bit better than the first one I was using. So I'll drop the links to those in the show notes. But it, anyway, um, have an electrolyte supplement. It'll help. <clears throat> All right, so first 24 hours, I, I, I ate my last food, my last meal on Sunday night. This was May 31st, I suppose, if we're keeping track of days here. Sunday night, May 31st, I, I, I had my last drop of actual food, and that's when, I, that's when I started the clock on the fast. That's when it all began. And just as kind of a side note on that, w- with fasting, a lot of times people just think in terms of days from sunrise to sunset, and really fasting is measured in, in minutes and hours. So the minute that I finished eating, I started the timer. Um, so that'll make more sense as I go through this here. So Sunday night, last drop of food. And what did I commit to measuring throughout the process? I committed to measuring how I was feeling. So keeping track of that, I committed to measuring my blood glucose levels. Okay, so I'm gonna share uh, some of those specific numbers and things that I noticed. and things that quite frankly surprised me there were a few things that were were pretty surprising and I also measured my blood ketone level now I know that's not the proper uh, the the blood ketone level is not the right I'm sure scientific term for what I measured Um, maybe I'll, I'll drop in the notes what the actual term is but anyway those are the things that I measured as well as my overall weight on the scale and so I, sh- I share some of that throughout this journey in in this f- in during this five days so first Monday morning moving into Monday afternoon quite frankly I've done 48 hours uh, I've done actually I think the longest I've gone on an all-water fast is somewhere around 60 hours so this, uh, in other I didn't take a whole lot of notes on the first day, and in fact, on that Monday, I really didn't take any notes. Um, it was there was a lot going on that day. I had kind of been thinking in my mind as I, I just started right on Sunday night. I just started. I didn't think through like what do I want to keep track of until really Monday afternoon. So Monday, I didn't I didn't track any numbers. I wish kind of wish I would have. Maybe on my next fast, I will. Um, so I don't have notes from Monday, but I will tell you, just as I recall, I felt fine. Uh, there were no, I didn't feel any anything weird, no, nothing, no hunger, nothing crazy. Um, certainly by Monday evening, late afternoon, that's when I first started to feel, you know, the normal things that you feel when you don't eat for 24 hours. And nothing, nothing crazy though. And so that's, that's when I had made the commitment to start tracking everything. Now, throughout this process, as, as it pertains to exercise, I committed to just very, very simply keeping it simple, keeping it light. So I only did uh, just walking Long, longer, you know, usually anywhere from an hour to two hours, just walking um, at a leisurely pace nothing crazy kind of what I'm doing right now while I'm recording this episode nothing crazy just walking outside I think there was one day I walked on the treadmill because it was raining but anyway that's another recommendation I'll make to you is do not if you are on if you're on some crazy high intensity like workout kick I would I would uh, push pause on that for your your duration of your fast just keep it very simple to walking and uh, I guess you could do you know very very light jog but the point is you want to keep it really simple you do not want to burn out and it's just that's just my recommendation I don't have any true science I'm sure there is I'm sure what I'm saying is also scientific but anecdotally just walking Um, so I woke up the second day and so I was 36 hours into the fast and I started out with a morning walk. Now I woke up, uh, set my alarm for 5.30 in the morning. 
That's when I've been trying to really, that's, that's my goal, wake up time. Uh, and, and prior to starting this journey, I was not consistent with that because uh, quite frankly and honestly, I would find myself, not every night, but certain nights I would stay up late, watch Netflix, have an extra glass of wine, just habits that, are, that were not serving me. So naturally, what did that lead to? Well, we all know that if you have, you know, you've got alcohol in your system, it, it does not bode well for uh, your sleep. It may help you get to sleep. You might fall asleep quickly, but your sleep quality is really diminished. If you're, you know, you've got excess, to, you got too much alcohol in the system. So I was not waking up when I wanted to. And a lot of that was because I was making choices that weren't serving me. Now, so within a fast, what happens in the first really 72 hours, and, and I read about this and I studied some of this, and quite honestly, it's looking back, it's probably the reason why I was never able to get past a 48 or 60 hour fast in the past. Fast in the past. Uh, the reason why is I would abandon the fast because I felt, I felt bad. I felt like I needed to eat. I felt it just wasn't a, a great feeling. So in that first 72 hours, it's very, very common is you experience really your, your body is detoxing. Your body is expelling all the shit that you've, you've put into it, not just over the last 24, 48 hours, week, two weeks, whatever, but honestly, there, there, there's residual toxins from, from years of really allowing toxins into the body. And so in the first 72 hours, so for some people it's longer, for some people it, it lasts longer, but for me what I noticed the first 72 hours, I was really feeling a lot of that, just feeling kind of icky, right? So what I wrote down in my journal, I woke up at 5.30, I wasn't feeling great, I was still pretty groggy, I didn't feel rested, right? I had a minor headache and I decided that if I wanted to succeed, my best option at that point was to go back to sleep. So I did. I, w I laid back down, went back to sleep uh, just for an extra hour, and I ended up getting up at 6.30. Woke up at 6.30 and felt slightly better. Still had a mild headache. Still, you know, was not... I was still feeling what I expected to be feeling, which was some of that, some of that detox, some of those detox symptoms. So drank a, uh, a large glass of water. I actually drank this, I have this, uh, I don't know if you want to call it, an, an, it was an, like an antioxidant drink mix that I had been using over the past year or so. And here's, here's, a, here's a lesson I learned in that. Um, that's not water. That's not electrolytes. That was, tr that was purely uh, sugar. And I had the assumption when I, when I drank this thing, that it was all stevia, stevia leaf extract. There was no, you know, actual sugar. And looking back on it now, the thing was filled with crap, filled with sugar, filled with, you know, all the fructose, sucralose, all the oses that are not great. And so, um, it spiked my blood sugar. So I, I tested my first blood sugar two hours later and, and that was at 8.30 and it was 107. All right, so if you know normal blood sugar ranges, I believe the normal fasted blood sugar range is somewhere between 70 to 100. You're considered pre-diabetic type two. You're considered pre-diabetic pre between 100 and 120. Maybe it's 125, something like that. Just Google it. And anything above that, you're really considered to be within that type 2 diabetes range. So, okay, 8.30 in the morning, 107. Now, my, 
assumption when I wrote this in my journal was that I was completely fasted. And so I kind of, gosh, that freaked me out, guys. I'll be honest. I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? Pre-diabetic? Me? And, and in hindsight, I realized that was two hours after drinking that sugary drink that I mentioned. But it was enough to, it, honestly, like the perception in my mind that, holy crap, um, I'm a, my blood sugar is in the pre-diabetic range when I'm fasted. Guys, that freaked me out. That literally freaked me out to the point where it actually provided more leverage in my mind behind my commitment. It, it allowed me to double down on my commitment. Now, in hindsight, I, I look at that and see, okay, that probably wasn't the case, but that leverage, I'll take it. In hindsight, I will... I am glad that at that point in time, 36 hours in, that I that I believed things were worse than they really were. Isn't that interesting? I believed things were worse than they really were, and and that was the leverage I needed to continue to take action, to continue to move forward, and and to continue to double down on that commitment it's interesting maybe we'll come back to that idea in just a minute all right so the the uh next thing i did is i went to this is on this is a tuesday i went to my uh a place that i go to fill up my water our water bottles for our house and they actually sell something called an ozone water which again i've actually done no research on this just kind of listen to what they told me at the store. And evidently, I don't know if this is true or not, but the claim to fame for ozone water is it absorbs into your cells quicker. And okay, I'm back. That was a fun uh, interruption. Just ran into a friend actually while I was out walking, recording this episode. So anyway, the ozone, ozone water, as I mentioned, apparently it gets into your cells quicker. Um, I'm not really sure. The science behind it whatever I, I gave it a try I felt I, maybe I need to try it when I'm not fasting because I don't know if I felt any different than I would have but um, anyway that being said the whole point is I went and filled up a bunch of uh, bottles of water got my electrolyte powders uh, going with that and um, when I fast forward to 3:30 in the afternoon on day two this is Tuesday still uh, checked blood glucose again and found that I was at the um, 75 was my blood glucose. So obviously much better than, than earlier. I felt noticeably different with a lower blood sugar. Um, it, I, I actually start, you can kind of feel it. I don't know about you, but I can feel that, that difference. And it's almost like your mind is sharper. I know for me, it was like I wrote down in my journal that kind of on edge feeling, but not in a bad way. You're just kind of, you're sharp. You're, you're on edge in a good way. And I checked, so the first time that I checked my ketones, because I, I knew I wasn't going to be in ketosis range those first really 36 hours anyway. So this was the first time checking, not quite at the 48 hour mark. And um, just as a, as a reference point, if you look at ketone levels, what they call nutritional ketosis is anywhere between 0.5 and 1.5. And again, I, I apologize. I don't have the, the unit of measurement in front of me. I just know it's, um, I plug in, I plug in the machine and I check my blood level and that's what it tells me. So, um, I'm sure, I'm sure you can look that up as well on Google, but I don't, I don't have the unit of measurement in front of me. Anyway, that being said, the the, the level was at 0.3 and nutritional ketosis, as I mentioned, is between 0.5 and 1.5. So I was not in what you would consider that range yet. Um, approaching it, but not quite there. Um, beyond that, by the way, for people that um, exercise intensely and, and that are on ketogenic or kind of low to no carb diets, they they achieve that level of ketosis and kind of live there. And all that means is, and this is an elementary description, right? I'm not a, as I said, not a doctor or a scientist. 
unless you consider political scientist a scientist. Anyway, I digress. I, uh, the when, when you're in ketosis, your body is switching from its primary fuel source, the, the path of least resistance for your body, and where it goes first is to burn glycogen, to burn sugar. And so when you eat carbohydrates, it converts into glyco glycogen in your blood, your blood sugar goes up, your body burns that as fuel. Again, I'm, I'm probably getting something wrong in there. That's generally how I understand it. And your body also stores that in the liver, stores those th that glycogen reserve in your liver. So if you're eating a lot of sugar or carbs, um, your body's going to store it there. And so um, that switching from when your body makes the switch, it, it depletes all of the all of the glycogen that's in your system, including what's stored in your liver. That's when the body switches over to burning ketones as fuel. And the great part about that is that that's really again my elementary description that's really your fat cells so your body is switching from burning sugar to burning fat and <laughs> I have I have definitely uh, a nice little reserve for my body to pull from as it pertains to burning fat and they when you get to that point they call that being fat adapted so I was working towards that, was not quite there yet, and was still, and this is what's interesting, is even almost 48 hours into the fast, I was still not, my body had not uh, burned off all of the, the glycogen. So that tells me I had, a, you know, a decent amount stored up, not just in the system, but also in my liver, and my body was still burning that off. So feeling better. Um, if I, if I look back on my notes here, uh, I, right before bed, I took my blood glucose one more time at nine o'clock at night, right before bed, had a, uh, a blood glucose level of 95. So not horrible, but still kind of trending, like living in the high normal zone. And that's, that's another big reason why I'm doing this, right? I don't want to... I don't want to find myself in a spot where I'm developing a type 2 diabetes or metabolic disorder. All the other, all the other, unfortunately, standard American diseases that uh, we see nowadays for, as a result of the food that we eat and the choices we make, myself included. So that's day two. That's how I felt. Let's move into day three. So day three, which was... Wednesday of this last week, set my alarm again, 5.30, still tired, still, again, kind of feeling groggy, laid back down for 30 minutes, made myself, and by the way, this is, this is kind of an uh, agreement I made with myself at the outside of this fast, was that I wasn't going to be uh, a hard ass on myself with some of the other commitments in my life, like getting up earlier and things like that. Because this was the one thing for me this week. It was really the one major focus that I was going to conquer. So I allowed to I allowed some flexibility on the other areas of my life. Got so I got up at 6 a.m. I felt a little sluggish, definitely starting to feel somewhat weak. Tested my blood sugar right away in the morning, and I was at 91. Again, not ideal. It's kind of trending on the higher side uh, of normal but not in that pre-diabetic range like I was the day prior. Um, and hopefully, again, that's because I didn't drink some sort of sugary drink that spiked my insulin, spiked my blood sugar. Um, I took my blood ketone level and this, uh, so morning of day three is at 0 0.2, which was puzzling, it was the opposite direction. And it was kind of, it was kind of weird to me. Like, why was I, why was I going, even though it was only one decimal point the other way, it felt odd that I would go the other way at all. And again, it goes back to how much how much glycogen did I have stored up that I was still burning off that was keeping me out of that, getting into that fat adapted zone. Uh, so I, I did it, I did go and, and 
grab a, a black a cup of black coffee and this is this is kind of debatable in the whole fasting community like if if this is acceptable or not the bottom line is black coffee is in essence water with you know coffee filtered into it there's zero calories it does not break your fast it actually a lot of a lot of studies have shown that it helps it actually helps uh, stay consistent on a water fast so I had made the decision before starting the journey that I was going to allow allow for that but I, it didn't take until day three that I decided to grab that uh, grab that first cup of black coffee and I added a sprinkle of cinnamon in there for uh, insulin regulation that's supposed to help with that and drank that first thing that morning and decided to check where I was at the in the afternoon. So fast forward 12.45 in the afternoon on day three, check the blood glucose, it's 98. Again, very, very interesting. No food, nothing but water and co black coffee. But yet my blood glucose was 91 in the morning and it was 98 at 12.45 in the afternoon. So I go back to just that idea of I'm trending on the higher side of normal and not not being okay with that right it, it in a way that that was like I said somewhat of a blessing in that it forced me it was the leverage that I needed at the time to double down on the commitment as to why I needed to do this it was further confirmation as to why I needed to do it so I checked my ketone level at 12.45 as well, and my blood, blood ketone level was 0 0.9. So finally achieved nutritional ketosis, and, and, and my body finally switched from burning its primary source of fuel from, from sugar, from glycogen, and was now in, in uh, fat burning zone. And I, I actually, that was like exactly the, the little bit of the spark. Not that I needed it, like I was committed, right? But that kind of, that spark really helped fuel my motivation on that day because day three was probably the hardest. Um, so getting into ketosis, I needed that. Fast forward to seven o'clock at night, my blood glucose was 96. Again, no food, folks. Like I should be... Like as a super healthy person that is not carrying around excess weight, I suppose. So maybe I shouldn't be surprised. But that that number on a water fast should really be like in the 70s, maybe even the 60s. So not ideal. Um, but again, further confirmation as to why I'm doing this. My blood uh, ketone level was 0 0.7. So still in ketosis, but kind of interesting how that that regulated down a little bit and uh, I was I was uh, drinking in the evenings uh, a no calorie no no sweetener drink called Zevia and uh, again I didn't say this at the beginning but that was another that was a um, agreement or an allowance that I made that I would be I would be okay with that because Again, zero calories, zero sugar. It's, it's basically carbonated water with a stevia leaf extract. So that didn't have any impact on my blood sugar as I look, look at everything. And, uh, and that's it for day three. So by the way, if I, if I think back to that point, Wednesday evening, that was probably the hardest evening to, to get through in the house. Let me, let me paint the picture. I was coming home after working at my office at right around the right around dinner time like I normally would and so you think I've got I've got a, fa a large family and it's a pretty pretty significant deal to feed them every day and so I mean I'm coming home smelling the amazing smells of dinner and of what my kids are about to partake in and just you know, kind of mentally battling all of that. And and I made it very clear to my wife and, and even my kids, like, look, this is what I'm doing. You, this shouldn't impact you at all. 
I don't, I didn't, in other words, I didn't ask them to like make some huge sacrifices on my behalf. This was my decision, my journey. I was going to get through it. I was going to be disciplined and I, and I wasn't going to ask them to change and make significant adjustments to their lifestyle or their schedule just for me. So I did, anyway, that all that being said, that was what I was dealing with in the evenings when I came home. So let's go into day four, which is Thursday. Thursday, that, uh, as I remember, was, man, that is when things really started to click into place. Um, I woke up at six o'clock Thursday morning, still felt that on edge feeling, like I mentioned, the, the, in a good way, just, you know, I, I could tell that, I could tell that my energy levels were a little bit strained, but I knew that, again, part of this was still, I mean, I'm still, I'm still detoxing to a certain degree, even though I may, I may be cresting the hill, like I'm not, I'm not a, think of it like a roller coaster, I'm not, um, I'm not like, click, 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 going up the big, I'm, I'm getting to the top of that hill where I'm, I'm starting to crest and go over the hump. Uh, but I'm still feeling that, right? And and using that same analogy of a roller coaster, that's that spot right there where you're just getting to the top, about to crest over the hill, and you know it's about to come. It's it's kind of a queasy feeling, kind of a, a nervousness. And anyway, I, I I was still in that spot, still kind of letting go of toxins that that built up in my body. So I was feeling on edge. I I know that in mentally is. What was reassuring and kind of helpful to me was knowing that my body was was now burning ketones as fuel, burning burning fat versus sugar, and I was that was confirmed. And in this this morning, Thursday morning, was the best blood sugar I had at waking up so far. I woke up and it was 88. So again, you know, still a little bit on the higher side of normal, but not not horrible better than the last couple of days and my ketone level was at 0.9 at waking up so man still in the zone still in that nutritional ketosis zone and this is the day that I made a very significant decision about what I was going to do nutritionally moving forward I was starting to see really the benefits of all of this I was starting to feel better and and I knew by the way, like scientifically, what was what was happening in my body is all of the ce- all the all the bad cells were being destroyed, were being burned off. There's a, there's a process called autophagy that I won't get into because I'll sound stupid because I don't quite fully grasp the science. All I know is, in layman's terms, my body was was taking all of the bad, dead cells, the the damaged cells, the cells that didn't belong, the toxins, all of that. And in essence, autophagy, I think, if I remember reading this correctly, it's basically the body's eating itself. Your, your good cells are eating and, and consuming the bad cells to expel them out of the body. So that was happening. And I had this, um, I mean, it was almost like a, a vision in my mind. I was envisioning that process unfolding. And just the idea of that was, was motivating to me. And, and I looked at, you know, all the different types of diets and nutritional, you know, ways of eating that I've researched and committed to and uncommitted to over the years. And gosh, there's so many out there, right? And this, this might be controversial to some, but that's okay. It's okay if it's controversial to you. It's my, my life, my decision, and this is what I decided, and I'll explain a little bit why, but I had been following and researching the whole idea of the carnivore way of eating. Okay, so I don't know if you've heard of this or not, but you've probably heard of the ketogenic diet, and the ketogenic diet is very much, you know, a high fat, higher uh, protein, very low carb diet, where you've got about 70% of your calories come from fat, and about really, 25% or so I think come from protein and then you've got like a 5% allowance for carbohydrate and very effective for people to 
get into that fat adapted fat burning uh, state where their ketone their as I mentioned their blood ketone levels will be 0.5 or greater um, and and it's very effective at that so it's I'm not going to get into details but it's it's similar in a way the carnivore diet is it's or the carnivore way of eating excuse me it's not called the diet if you if, if you say that to some of the zealots they'll get upset it's not a diet it's a way of eating but the carnivore way of eating is very very simply uh, exactly as it sounds you literally eat only meat and those zealots that i referred to would take it a step further and said not only do you just eat meat but the most most high quality nutritious vitamin and mineral packed source of meat that you should be eating is grass-fed beef so i had actually made an attempt in a, a couple of months ago to switch over to this way of eating and here's here's the problem when i made this attempt before i did so without any sort of reset right so without a five-day water fast in between i literally stopped eating junk one day and woke up the next day and started this carnivore way of eating and so what what happened in the past is i was experiencing as a result the same sorts of detox and the same sorts of bad feelings that i felt those first 72 hours of my fast the problem was i was associating those with the change to eating only meat so i developed this negative association between eating meat and feeling bad and as i look back in hindsight that wasn't at all the case that wasn't at all what was going on what was going on was i didn't allow my body to heal and to reset before changing my way of eating and and looking at it now i i kind of had that realization on day four of this fast that oh my gosh i wasn't it wasn't the wasn't that the the switching to a carnivore way of eating was was screwing me up it was because my body didn't get a chance to heal and to reset before just making that significant shift so it was on that day day four of the fast that i made that commitment to myself that i would i would go ahead and upon getting back to eating again i would i would go strictly carnivore 100 percent strictly carnivore at, for a minimum of 30 days okay and that's where i that's that's what i'm in the middle of now and i'll get into that in just a minute but i made that commitment that you know what i didn't give this a fair shake let's see what happens if i embark on that way of eating after allowing my body to detox to reset to heal and give it a true assessment from that point of view so that's when i just i made the decision on day four in the, in the morning or early afternoon and uh i drank blank uh, drank, drank black coffee that morning and fast forward about 1 30 in the afternoon on day four blood glucose of 98 blood ketones of 1.7 so i was really in the zone right it was in that uh, nutritional actually a little above nutritional ketosis which i think i think they call that fasted ketosis. anyway there's ranges like i said you can google the chart to see where that is but i was at 1.7 and i was really feeling in the sweet spot in the ketosis zone and i decided to get some exercise in i took a, a nice long walk that morning that morning was like a 90 minute walk and it felt i felt great i had the energy I didn't feel tired. I felt that again, that kind of on edge in a good way, kind of sharp mentally feeling. Um, took a nice long walk. Then fast forward to the evening, right before bed, uh, blood glucose of 98, still kind of trending on that higher side and ketone level of 0.7. So something, didn't, didn't eat any food, didn't do anything different, but something in that window of time um, I don't know guys like this is where maybe if you're like deep into this stuff you can shoot me an email shoot me a note and tell me what the heck you think was going on and you can email me mike at mikeskiff.com 
but I don't know, I don't know what was happening, why I was fluctuating the other direction that, towards you know a lower level of ketosis, I suppose, and the glucose was was doing what it did. My 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 assumption was that the longer I fasted, things would just trend in a linear way. They would trend downward, but obviously that's not the case. I'm sure there's other stuff going on in my body that I didn't even know about. So, yeah, if, if you're if you're an expert, let me know what you thought, what you think was going on. All right, so let's get into day five. Let's I'll fast. I'll speed this up a little bit to get to the point of really what I learned. Day five was the home stretch, right? I woke up actually feeling feeling pretty good. Like this is it. This is the last day. This is the day that I get to eat. Because if you remember, five days means exactly 120 hours from my last meal. So it didn't mean I had to wait. I didn't, it didn't mean I needed to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no food. It meant Sunday night to Friday night. So I was, I was excited that, you know what, I get to eat something on Friday night. And I woke up in the morning, Friday, blood glucose of 79, ketone level of 1.0, so still still in ketosis, still uh, feeling good. Best, best uh, fasting glucose, by the way, of the entire journey thus far. And so that was actually, that was somewhat motivating to me. I felt great that I was, I was not running on the higher side of normal. And I just remember thinking like, okay, what am I going to do? This is this th- that morning, Friday morning was when I first started feeling almost, almost like a sense of mourning, and I'm, I'll get into that in a, more in just a second. But I wrote in my journal that I, I was gonna, I plan to ease back in to eating again um, with eggs and bacon in the early afternoon, and then w- along with water, and and really kind of not. Not do what I probably would have done in the past if I wasn't committed to health or nutrition goals beyond the fast. I would have crashed into it with, you know, some big old, I don't know, who know, a pizza. I don't know. Gosh, and and that would have been absolutely horrible. So I was, I felt different because I knew I was changing the way I was planning to eat moving forward. So planning to ease into it. One, 145 in the afternoon. Uh, almost, I wrote in my notes, I'm almost ready to feast on steak. So I, I decided that my first meal was going to be a ribeye steak in, on Friday evening. At 145 in the afternoon, my blood glucose was 68. So man, really trending down. And I, and I actually look back and wonder what would have happened had I extended beyond five days? What if I had gone seven? What would have happened with glucose and ketone levels? Anyway, um, maybe that's an experiment for the future. Who knows? So my ketones at that point were 1.7, right? So the highest that they'd been. So definitely in that ketosis. And I wrote in my notes that I'm, I'm committing to the carnivore way of eating, which also means I'm committing to staying in ketosis for at least 30 days, that commitment that I just mentioned, right? That I, if I if I only eat red meat and eggs and bacon, then there's there's no carbohydrate to knock me out of ketosis. So I kind of wrote that down as a declaration, but also as a motivation that I will I will stay in ketosis for an entire month, and in doing so, really continue to burn fat as fuel, excess fat, and I, it was just motivating to me. So, 4:30 p.m. I I actually eased into. So confession, right? Did I go an entire 120 hours before food touched my lips? The answer is no. I actually allowed for three slices of bacon at 4:30 in the afternoon, which which really was at about hour 117 or 18, something like that. Um, but I, I kind of made a decision that morning that I, I didn't want to just flip the switch and go from zero to 60 in, you know, in two seconds. 
So I'd, I'd made the decision that in that late afternoon, I was going to eat something to start waking up the system, the digestive system. So I ate a couple slices of bacon. Um, and my, my blood glucose was about 93, so not, not really a huge spike outside of, again, normal. And I mentioned just feeling almost in like this weird sadness. I felt like felt like I had I had really I'd gotten to the point where I'd gotten past all of the really hard parts of this fast I had gotten used to what I was feeling and quite frankly after after the first 72 hours things that I began to progressively feel better and better so it was almost like gosh I don't want to stop I don't want to I'm, I, I'm feeling so good about myself physically, but also really mentally, like what that did for me, I can't even describe it. What that did for me to, to know that I, I made a specific commitment and I followed all the way through on that commitment, like I was in alignment. I was, I, I was maintaining integrity with myself with my own commitments. And that right there is what what I think w- was causing some of those it, it was it was some some feelings of sadness. And I don't know if you've ever felt that before where and and this can be good and bad, right? Like in, even in times where like there's there's uh there's bad habits that we're used to doing, that we're used to engaging in and and we decide to give them up and and they're there could be feelings of sadness or mourning, like you're you're losing your identity, and maybe, you know, maybe there's some of that in there. But as I really reflected back on it, to be honest, I, I almost, I almost felt like there was a certain level of of fear that was causing some of this, these feelings of sadness and mourning. It was it was a level of fear. And fear of what? Like, like, right? Like, what did I need to be afraid of? There's, I mean, this was a po- everything was positive. But thinking back on it, I think the fear came from I just, I just did something significant. This was a major milestone for me personally, for my life, for the better. And and I invested so much mental energy. I invested five days of my life towards this specific commitment and I had started to really see significant results. By the way, I, I dropped 11 and a half pounds over that time on the scale. I didn't mention scale numbers at all until now, but that's that was the end result of that. And so I, I felt like I'm, I'm afraid of slipping back into the decisions the choices, the bad habits, the, the, the eating, eating the foods that got me into this place in the first place. And I actually, you know what, I lived in that, I lived in that emotion for about a couple of hours. I just allowed myself to feel it. Sometimes I think we are, are too quick to, to move on from negative emotions and I allowed myself to feel all of it and the reason I felt I, I, the reason I wanted to just stop and think and embrace that is I knew that that feeling was not accidental I knew that it meant something I knew that I needed to investigate why I was feeling that way and really what it came down to was I, I just don't I didn't want to return to the way things were and I as I reflected on it, I realized, you know what? Feeling that way was not out of the ordinary. Feeling that fear, quite frankly, was not out of the ordinary. However, I had made the commitment earlier in the week, in the middle of that fast, that I would never return back to those bad habits, that I was committed to changing my life, changing my body, changing my habits, for the better and that I was going to maintain that not just until I reach my ideal 
wait until I reach my ideal goal. But even beyond that, even beyond to maintain and, and really live, live a long and healthy life by making better choices beyond just the acute short term of this goal. And once I was able to reconcile that in my own mind and really and, and figure out what was going on, I felt great. I felt good. And, and Friday night, I broke that fast with about 20 ounces of, of ribeye steak. It was as delicious as, as it sounds as I say it to you right now. The, I mean, fatty, amazing, tasty, just, I mean, oh, it was delicious. It was delicious. And <laughs> the, uh, now that I'm, let's see, that was Friday, today, Sunday. And so I'm two days past that and I've been strict carnivore since then. I have none of those, those bad feelings, those kind of detoxing feelings that I have had in the past when I've attempted to switch to this way of eating. So I'm, I'm now what my hunch on why that was happening was confirmed now that I'm two days into this. And, you know, if I, if I fast forward to day six and day seven without going into much, you know, super deep detail on all, all my notes, I'll just tell you that uh, I, for the last 48 hours since I ended my fast, I've been able to maintain healthy uh, blood glucose levels still, still on the higher end of normal, like I said, but I'm starting to see that come down, starting to see those trends come down a little bit. My blood ketone levels are still in ketosis. Uh, they, they fluctuate up and down a little bit, but I think the lowest I ever got towards knocking myself out of ketosis is point, uh, 0 0.7. So still in that ketosis range where I'm, my body's primary source of fuel is, is burning fat. And I, I just, I just have to tell you, I, and I, I thank you for, by the way, for listening all the way through. I hope there, there's the reason I'm sharing this, what I want to tell you, the, the reason I'm sharing all of this with you, there's a couple reasons, a selfish reason as well as to help you. Selfishly, if I'm being honest, and, and I'm going to save this for another episode because this is already a long episode, but I, it's very, very, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been proven time and again that one of the key components to creating lasting change in any area of your life, one of that, that now there's, there's really seven key components and uh, you know, if you've heard of Tony Robbins and his program, Creating Lasting Change, there's really seven components, but one of the most important and one of the most powerful components is to get leverage, to get leverage around that decision. And for me, a huge part of that leverage was knowing that I, that I publicly committed to a specific goal. I told all of you earlier last week that I was going to do something. And I told you not only was I going to do it, but I was going to come back on here. I was going to record another episode and I was going to share my results and I was going to share my experience. And can you imagine maybe you've done this before. Can you imagine if I, if I did that and I recorded the first episode, but you never heard from me again, or, or you didn't hear from me until a couple weeks later. And I didn't even make mention of my commitment. What, gosh, what would that say? What would you think of me then? And so I used the leverage knowing that I made a commitment and knowing that I not only made the commitment to do the fast, but I committed to sharing with you that I have to tell you that actually I came back to that mentally many times throughout the week when I was feeling weak, I came back to that thought that, you know what, I'm doing this for me, but I also am doing it. I'm, I'm not doing it for you, the listener, but I'm, I'm doing it. I'm committed. I've, I put myself out there that I'm going to share it with you and I don't want to look foolish, right? Nobody really wants to look foolish. And 
so that part of the part of me sharing this was leverage but you know what the other part was and probably just as if not more important is that i believe some of you listening maybe it's you that this me sharing this experience something shifted in your own mind something shifted physiologically as you were listening you it something piqued your your interest something peaked in your mind and I don't know what it was that I said somewhere along this episode you you uh you look down at your at your watch or at the at the uh at the time here and you notice like holy cow I've been listening for over an hour and it doesn't even feel like I've been listening for 15 minutes that's because something resonated with you in what I've shared today and I believe you're at a point where you're ready to make lasting change. You're ready to make a significant commitment in your own life. And the reason this resonated with you is you heard your own thoughts. You heard yourself in the sharing of my journey and my experience. And I want you, if that's you, I don't I want I want you to promise that you don't ignore that. Promise that you don't ignore that. There's that's there for a reason. And I want to help I want to help you, right? I, here's the thing. I would love if you're if what I just described is you shoot me an email send it to me at mike at mikeskiff.com and I want you to share with me what exactly resonated with you why did it get your attention what is it in your life that you know you need to change you just don't know how you just haven't taken the first step send me an email I would love to hear what's going on in your journey all right, I'm going to wrap it up with that. This has been an honor. It's been a privilege. It's been a pleasure for me to share this journey with you. I'll tell you that it's not over. This is just the beginning. And just to, to kind of give you a little bit of a teaser of what's next. This evening, I am eating my last meal before I embark on another water fast. I'll tell you a little bit more about what that looks like, what, what I'm journeying through. And I'll unpack a, a bit more about creating lasting change in your own life on the next episode. I hope you tune in. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.